Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast. I am U Street and with me this week to talk about recruiting, basketball, and volleyball is Andy. Go for Guy 05. I was not one of the names that PJ Fleck announced earlier today, so it looks like I once again will not be playing for the Gophers next fall. Which is depressing because you would make an excellent wide receiver. The positional flexibility of, of our commentary aside, uh, it was the first National Sign Day. It was early National Sign Day. There will be another one in February. Minnesota signed 24 commits. That leaves them with one open spot. Who that's going to be filled will either be the subject of much speculation over the next couple of months or will likely be known very quickly if a couple of recruits uh, are able to get appropriate ACT scores, which I think is one of the holdups. But Andy, what is your overall assessment of this class? Yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's a pretty solid class. It's uh, you know, we're we're steadily either you know making improvement grounds. Um, you know, PJ's. You can make the argument whether last year's class or this year's class is a little bit better, but uh, I think this year's class has a uh, has a bit of a higher floor uh, all around. I think you know they, we might not have a, as high a ceiling on a couple of these players. Um, but either way, you still got to be improved, and and there's always one or two guys who you know come in that get coached up and just sort of blow up. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're pretty pleased with this year's class and uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, PJ can do now that he's got uh, 10 and two to sell in the uh, 2021 class. Absolutely. In general, just in case this was unfamiliar of a recruiting process, which would be understandable because caring is very creepy. Uh, and that's why I personally spend literally no time on this until I need to talk about it on podcast. Uh, but recruiting goes in sort of a lag cycle. So PJ Fleck was actually recruiting off, uh, what, year one, basically, in terms of getting in with a lot of these uh, recruits. Uh, next year, he'll get to recruit off 10 and 2 for both the end of 2021, but equally importantly for 2022, uh, which is probably shaping up both because of the numbers. The team has quite a lot of freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, so they won't have a whole lot of scholarships to give out next year, so we should expect a smaller class. This year, there is the expectation that Minnesota will sign the full 25 counters that they're allotted. Next year, they won't be able to do that just from a numbers perspective. But in 2022, they will likely have the ability to sign at least 20. And so one would suspect that would be a really positive class. I similarly agree with Andy that the floor is raising. Also, uh, while recruiting rankings are a strange, unscientific process that are given the veneer of scientific accuracy, and this is... Uh, annoying, shall we say. Uh, it is probably the case that if a lot of people think a player is reasonably good or has reasonable potential, that he is in fact probably reasonably good and has reasonable potential. So of the recruits that we've gotten so far, is there any recruit that you particularly think has reasonable potential? Yeah, I think, you know, to me, the uh, the the most potential uh, right off the bat is probably going to be uh, Kai Thomas running back out of Kansas. Um, you know, if you believe the uh, 24-7 rankings. He's our third highest rated recruit. Um, but if you watch his film, he's absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's got that shifty type of running style. Um, you know, I, I think he definitely has a strong chance to uh, earn his way into the running back rotation next fall right away. Um, you know, there's lots of bodies in that running back room, so he's definitely going to earn have to earn his snaps. But I think, you know, behind Mo Ibrahim, the uh, the lineup to see who becomes the second and third guys in that room are uh, pretty wide open. So I think he's got a good shot at, at stepping in and doing that. Um, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball, 
Um, it'll be interesting to see. The Gophers did get a, a late commit from a former BC commit, Ja Joyner. Um, if you follow recruiting at all, which I'm assuming several of you do, um, you know, Joyner uh, came in for his official visit last weekend, uh, was recruited by Jim Panagos, who during the uh, official visit weekend uh, decided to take the same job with Rutgers and Greg Schiano. Uh, so there was some worry, uh, especially from Joyner's side, that um, he might wait until February and and both look at BC again now that they'd hired the Ohio State defensive co- or offensive coordinator, I believe, um, as their new head coach, and give a look at Rutgers now that Panagos had moved there. But he did decide uh, early on Wednesday that he wanted to be a Gopher and did sign with us. Um, so I think you know, looking at a couple of a couple of potential DNs between him and um, Jalen Logan Redding, uh, who was a, a Missouri commit at one point, he flipped after. Uh, their head coach was let go, so I think uh, we've got some we've got some really good athletes. Now it's just a matter of uh, hopefully fitting them into some spots and, and seeing what they can do. Absolutely, my biggest uh, recruit in terms of reasonable potential will be whoever the defensive line coach is next year, because that is in fact probably the position that is most important for PJ Fleck to recruit. One would suspect that most of this class will redshirt next year. In terms of the people who we at the moment suspect might not, you might see Itavian Brown, who is consensus the top-rated recruit out of this class. He's an outside linebacker from St. Louis, uh, who might see early playing time, especially with the graduation of many linebackers from Minnesota's core, and then anyone who plays defensive end, John Joyner, being the highest likely of that running back for next year seems to be pretty well set though if kai thomas is as good as he is expected they may find ways for him to get the ball but otherwise you'll begin hearing about a lot of these players more than likely in two years when their red shirts go off and they begin to actually compete for playing time whereas you will hear us talk about hopefully not complain very much about the gophers pass rush all next year so we've got that going if there's a sleeper in this class so someone who you are more bullish on now that you spent a little bit of time taking a look at who the Gophers actually picked up. Who might that be? Well, since we're a Big Ten blog, aren't we required to say the punter? Oh, absolutely. For those who are unfamiliar, because carrying is creepy, Minnesota got a commitment from Mark Crawford, who is a punter out of Australia, who can apparently punt the ball on average about 50 yards with about 4.4 second hang time. And I am sure there is someone who listens to our podcast who thinks, whatever, that's not that far. I could do that. You are wrong. You absolutely cannot. Mark Crawford is going to be a very good punter. And he was a mystery hidden secret punter because Minnesota was, I guess, theoretically worried that someone else would find him and then flip. This is admittedly somewhat strange to me, because apparently all of Mark Crawford's stats and numbers are on a website that tells you who all the best international punt prospects are, but I guess only Minnesota seems to subscribe to this or something. Uh, Besides that, though, uh, why is it that Mark Crawford is your sleeper pick? Well, he's not really my sleeper pick. I think he is. (coughs) He obviously has the, uh, the, the front row seat at getting the punting job for the Gophers next year and and yeah if his stats are to be believed uh he would be the automatically the best punter we've had on the team since peter mortel and and would probably be better than peter mortel so uh just the ability to flip the field i think is something that is going to be huge for us um but but in reality i think my sleeper pick you know i'm looking at some of the uh some of the minnesota kids you know i really i uh i really like 
um, linebacker Cody Lindenberg a lot. Um, you know, Lindenberg was on an Anoka team that was just god awful his last two seasons. I think one in seventeen in his junior and senior year. But he was that type of leader who uh, you know led through example. Um, his measurables are are great. You know, he wasn't obviously because he was on a bad team wasn't getting much attention. Then he went to the uh, I think it was the opening regional or one of those ones where he did the Nike Spark score and just damn near went off the charts, which is where he started really getting a lot of attention. But, you know, he's one of those kids, kind of like if you look at the, the Carter Coughlin type, where, you know, he wanted to be a gopher since the time he was five, and once that Minnesota offer came, nothing was going to keep him away from being a, a gopher. And those are the type of players, you know, you love to have on the roster, because you know they're going to bust their ass, and they're going to work and try and do anything they can. And, and I would not be surprised if, you know, a year or two down the line that he's uh, he's a starting linebacker in the Big Ten. Um you know, I think a couple other players, you know, we were talking about players that we think might step in and play. Uh, I would be surprised if, if some of the uh, secondary members we signed, whether that be Jalen Glaze out of Tallahassee, um, who's listed as a corner but probably has a size to play safety. Abner Dubar is a safety out of Texas, uh, has some Minnesota roots. Um, and uh, uh, Miles Fleming is a cornerback out of uh, Columbus, um, who apparently... Uh, again, if you believe some of the steam was getting some interest from some of the bigger name Big Ten schools, but decided to stay committed to Minnesota, um, I think all three of those, depending upon how they go for secondary works next year, uh, have a chance at seeing some time, or at least getting in and, and getting some quality special teams time. So, um, you know, I think those might be some some hidden hidden talents that we'll uh, we'll see here in the next year or two. I completely agree. I don't have a specific sleeper, though, uh, because Minnesota is apparently wide receiver U. I think Jonathan Mann, Daniel Jackson is not a sleeper, but certainly would also apply the two top wide receiver recruits who might be able to sniff into the rotation if they are, in fact, really talented. What I will say is just to kind of close out as a general view, it's becoming more clear now that we've had several cycles what kind of players Fleck and his staff are looking for. Almost all of their linebacker commits are very rangy. They're very quick. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, so, for example, in uh, Cody Lindenberg, but also Lucas Finnessy, who's a recruit out of Wisconsin, they're almost sort of safety corners, play lots of different places, and they're going to become a linebacker. The offensive tackles in this class are all absolute giants. The average height is about 6'6", and the average weight in high school, which is bad weight almost certainly, is well over 300 pounds. So one would hope that with the strength and conditioning program at Minnesota, that turns into good weight, and good mass is always a positive thing to have for the line. So they like huge offensive linemen. They like very rangy linebackers. They like very quick defensive ends, both Danny Strigow, Ja Joyner. Uh, and then they seem to be looking for sort of positional flexibility in the corner and safety spots. So finding kind of smart players from that perspective. And then I assume what they look for for wide receivers is good because the staff can afford to do so. And I think that's probably an interesting trend, especially to look at in 2021 when they have a smaller class Hopefully we'll be building off another really strong season. What kind of players that they sort of shoot for the stars on? So looking for uh, people who might be four or potentially even five stars. Uh, I suspect that there will be no five-star recruit coming to Minnesota, but if there was, it would most certainly be a wide receiver. 
However, we can also talk about the president. We can also talk about a team uh, that is, in fact, very good at recruiting and also very good at their sport, uh, which is the women's volleyball team that is currently in the Final Four. Andy, can you recap for us why it is that Minnesota has now arrived in the Final Four teams in the country? Yeah, the uh, the Gophers uh, won two more games last weekend, obviously. They are playing down in Texas in the Austin Regional, and they had uh, two more come from, well, one more come from behind win. Uh, they played Florida, number 10 seed Florida, in the first round of the Sweet 16, and just like the Gophers had done against Creighton in the uh, Minnesota Regional Final, they fell behind early. They went down uh, 2-1, uh, battled their way back, got... Uh, battled through a couple of uh, match points and came back and and took the last two sets from Florida and uh, it would advance to the Elite Eight. And uh, the Gophers got a little bit of a gift there where uh, the host, number two Texas, got upset by Louisville, uh, who was unseated, um, meaning the Gophers would get the, the Cardinals in the Elite Eight rather than the number two team in the country. Uh, that was quite serendipitous as the Gophers had no problem with Louisville with an easy 3-0 sweep. Uh, to get back to the Final Four. Uh, it's now the Gophers' third Final Four in the last five seasons, and they will get a rematch with defending champion and number three seed Stanford at about 8.30 Thursday evening. Uh, now, the Gophers did beat Stanford 3-1 uh, to one earlier this year in the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge. That took place at Penn State, so they're 1-0 against Stanford in the state of Pennsylvania, which is, you know, a nice stat considering the Final Four is in Pittsburgh. Um, but it will not be easy. Uh, Stanford has Catherine Plummer, who is one of the best players in the country, a huge middle blocker in the middle, uh, 6-6. Um, Stanford has a couple other you know, 166, 163 players. Um, you know, the center of the year, Jenna Gray in the Pac-12. The libero of the year, Morgan Hintz in the Pac-12. So, um, you know, it, it will be tough. Minnesota will have to bring their A game to try and get past Stanford. Um, if they do that Saturday night, there is a potential that we could have a All-Big Ten final as the other semifinal pits number one Baylor against number four Wisconsin. Um you know, if that happens, you've got to hopefully hope that the uh, third time is a charm as the Gophers are 0-2 against the Badgers this season. They've really sort of had the Gophers number, and, and Minnesota has not looked great at all in, in both matches against the Badgers. Um, but it won't be easy as Baylor is also uh, well amazing, um, and they are 1-0. They've already beaten Wisconsin once this season, uh, also back in September. So um, there's a there's a chance we could have an All-Big Ten, all Ten Championship game, but I think there's a, a better chance that if the Gophers can advance that they may see the uh, number one team in the country in Baylor Saturday night. In other case, it, it's glad to see the Gophers back in the Final Four, and you just hope that you know now that they got everybody healthy and, and really seem to be playing well together, that maybe this year is the year they finally put it all together and, and can get over the hump. Absolutely, and we should be very excited about uh, watching this team and supporting them. Hopefully, the Gophers uh, will make it past and get into the championship game and then obviously hopefully bring a championship back. Next season, the Gophers have an excellent recruiting class, and so one would hope that they would see a similar, uh, similar feat. Speaking of taking down top teams in the country, uh, while no means of Final Four, the University of Minnesota men's basketball team upset the then number three Ohio State, who had Ohio State won the game, would have definitely been number one in the country on Sunday. 
Marcus Carr went for 35 points and was the player that everyone hoped that Marcus Carr could at some point be. Uh, Andy, are you more energized about the men's basketball team? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was nice to see pretty much everybody on the team put together their A game. Um, you know, we'll still have some grumblings about Gabe Kalsher's shooting. Uh, but, you know, that's the Marcus Carr that we all hoped we were going to see uh, waiting for a year for him. And, 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 you know, if he can play like that and both, you know, facilitate his own offense and, and pass the ball around, I think this, the sky is the limit for this team. Um, you know, the Big Ten, while... There are a few front-loaded teams in Ohio State and, and Michigan and things like that. Um, you know, as, as we saw up till up till tonight when Michigan State won at Northwestern, the Big Ten home teams were 12-0 and so far. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a fairly open conference. I mean, if Minnesota can put some games together, especially at home, there's no reason why they can't be towards the, you know, the middle top. I don't think they're going to get one of the top four seeds. But if they play like they did against the Buckeyes, there's no reason why they can't finish sixth or seventh in the Big Ten. If they play like they did at Iowa, on the other hand, you're looking at a 12th or 13th place finish. The Gophers just looked dreadful when they played the Hawkeyes in the last week. So... I think consistency is going to be the major key for this team. If they can, if they can put it all together, um, you know they played they played decently on on defense against the Buckeyes. They really did a fairly good job of, of shutting down um, Ohio State and 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 Wesson for the most part. Um, he got in a bit of foul trouble, which also helped the Gophers down low. But um, you know it would be interesting to see going forward as they take the holiday break. They've got I think. They play at, uh, well, the neutral site game at Oklahoma State this weekend, and then they get one more, you know, pretty easy non-conference game, I believe, um, before they start back up the the final 18-game slog in the Big Ten. So um, the potential is there. They're just going to have to try and figure out a way to, to make sure that they can all get on the same page and produce. Absolutely. A couple of minor notes from the game. The major one, of course, being Marcus Carr is going off. Gabe Chalcher was one for seven from behind the three-point arc, and Minnesota dominated an Ohio State team. We will note that Ohio State was out without its second-leading scorer in Dwayne Washington, but uh, for my money, even if he had played, the result would not have been different. I don't think any team in the country was beating Minnesota that night, which tells something, A, about the potential, B, about the advantages Andy mentioned of staying at home. Minnesota thus far has looked like a much different team at home than they have on the road, and a big question going forward will be not only consistency from game to game, but also consistency from home performances to road performances. Performances. The next thing to cover is that Peyton Willis has an ankle in- injury that he re-aggravated during the game, which meant that Trey Williams, who's one of the freshman recruits, had to play. He played 27 minutes and honestly looked quite confident. I wouldn't go so far to say that he looked good, but he looked very confident, played very well on the defensive end of the floor, still is trying to figure out some things about his offensive game, but he looks like a player who, if he can continue to develop, get more minutes, which I think he's earned will probably turn into a nice piece and contributor for the Gophers this year. The other thing to watch going forward for this team is Alhan Demir has been playing much better, especially on the offensive side of the court. Uh, Less so on the defensive side of the court, but there's just the growing that one has to do to become comfortable on that side. Jarvis Omersa has been playing quite well on the defensive side of the court and growing a little bit on the offensive side of the court. Still a bit raw, still very much one-dimensional, just kind of a dunker, rebounder, but a lot of hustle. Those two combined, actually a pretty competent 
Big Ten four. And if you pair them with Daniel Otura, who is currently having an all Big Ten first team season, and begin to actually get consistent play out of your guards, this is a potentially quite a good team still very much on the bubble but the advantage of their schedule which is hard and this is now projecting looking forward a ways out the big 10 schedule that minnesota plays is brutal it's a very very hard schedule on the only bright side for that given how they've played in the non-conference minnesota is going to have to get some quality wins and potentially quite a few in the Big Ten Conference season, and they fortunately, because of a hard schedule, have the opportunity to be able to do that. So many things that are exciting on that front. We, of course, will continue to cover men's basketball. We'll have a lot of great hockey Uh, hockey coverage, which we haven't covered because of breaks, but they will come back. We will cover them. We'll certainly be covering volleyball. Make sure to check that out as well as the blog for all of your recruiting related coverage. But until next time for Andy and myself, go Gophers, Sky Uma, row the boat.